0: Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Wrap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on LP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. We're going to go to a quick disclaimer, and then we're going to come back and just jump right on in to tonight's show. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617 708 3241 or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. So, as always, we have a lot to to kind of dive into. I want to kind of open this show. Before we get into the different topics of tonight's show, I want to kind of set the tone. I grew up, I don't like to get too personal. I don't like to share too much about my private life because I think that that's for me. Uh, I don't think that that's for public consumption. I mean, it depends on the context. You know, if you're running for office, people want to know who you are. They want to know a little bit about you. They want to know uh, what drives you. They want to know maybe some pivotal, uh, pivotal excuse me, moments in your life. So I, I get that. But as a rule, I don't like to make aspects of my life my inner thoughts available for public consumption uh i <laughs> i value my privacy i value my business and i try to stay out of other people's private lives and their business um i mean <laughs> my efforts aren't always uh uh reciprocated uh we have people who want to know everything about you um n- or, you know, maybe about me, uh, but they don't want to share anything about themselves. So that, that's, that's, that's hardly surprising. The, the point is, is that they're nosy people and <laughs> I don't like to accommodate them, right? Um, but I will, I will share something about myself. So I'm very good at holding a mirror up to myself. And I look in and I can see my shortcomings as well as my strengths. I do not whitewash or minimize my shortcomings. I articulate them very clearly. So maybe sometimes if I talk about my strengths, people think, well, you're bragging. It's like, no, not really, because you haven't heard me (laughs) talk about my shortcomings. And I'm just as um insightful and i'm just as willing to talk believe it or not about my shortcomings uh, to the appropriate audience at, at the appropriate time in the appropriate venue right now though i'm going to talk about one of my strengths and that strength is being able to read people when i was growing up When I was a lot younger, when I was at Harvard, what I would hear, a popular refrain was, well, you may be book smart, but you're not street smart. And I always thought that that was very funny. You know, you had to be one or the other. And I don't agree with that. I also don't think that street smart is necessarily what people think it means. I think a lot of people think that because they are from the streets, because they are from a modest background, that they're street smart. No, not necessarily, because you can be from the streets. Uh, You can be from you can, you know, come from a modest background and you can not know much of anything. I mean, you might have a body of knowledge, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Ultimately, you're, you're not very bright or you're not <laughs> very uh, sharp. You're not very insightful. So coming from the streets, that in itself does not enable you to be street smart. You're privy to certain information that other people might not have, but don't go around thinking that that makes you smart. And certainly don't go around thinking that people who are not from the streets, uh, you can get one up and over on them. And I think that that's what a lot of people have thought about me um, at different points in my life. And, and as, I, as, I, as I shared, this idea that, well, you go to Harvard, so you're book smart, but you're not street smart. And, you know, I would listen to the people who said that to me, and I would think how dumb they were. Not because they uh, weren't at Harvard, but because they didn't know much about anything. Mm-hmm. So one of my strengths, and most people, if they heard this, they would say, well, that's about being street smart. Okay, if you want to put that label on it, um, and they would, you know, by extension, attribute that to someone who, as I was saying, is actually from the streets. But my point is, is you can be from anywhere. So being street smart is, is really a state of mind, and it's about knowing people, and it's about understanding life. And so one of my strengths, I might even call it a gift. Um, If I have any, (laughs) I would say this is it. Uh, Hopefully I have more than one gift. But if I have one, it's again, it's, it's definitely this. I can read people. And I can read situations. Does this mean that I'm always right? No, not at all. But it means that I can look at a person, I can listen to a person, I can observe a person, and I can get more information than most people. And that has served me well, uh, I think, in life. Not as well as it should have served me, um, but it served me well enough, comparatively speaking, and it's certainly... For all, for those of you who are listening, you know that I'm very politically active. For those of you who might be new to listening to me, um, you might not know, but yes, I'm politically active. It has allowed me to survive because uh, in politics, people are particularly gross. They are especially dirty and grimy, and you really have to be able to to suss people out and really kind of establish who's who, right? So I say that because I've said a lot of things over the years. And again, it's not that I'm always right, because I'm not, right? No one is. Absolutely no one. And we all have something to learn from everybody. I firmly believe that. But there have been a number of things I've said over the years, and You know, people didn't really want to listen or hear it, and and then something happens, and they're like, "Oh, snap!" You know, and that's if they even acknowledge what I, you know, what I had been saying. And so that leads me into the first topic of tonight's show, Calla Walsh. So some of you who are less uh, familiar with uh, the Boston. Political scene, the Massachusetts political scene, you might be saying, well, who the heck is that? Um, So, this is a young woman. Uh, She is uh, 19 years old and she already has quite a political resume. So, she has volunteered for Elizabeth Warren, who's one of our uh, US senators. Um, And she's also volunteered, uh, she played, I think. Uh, a fairly big role in Ed Markey's uh, campaign, and he's our other uh, U.S. senator. Um, She has volunteered uh, for municipal campaigns. Uh, There is a a man named Joel Richards. I don't really care for him. I can maybe talk about him later on in tonight's show or in another show, but the long and short of it is he's another uh, Democrat, socialist and I really the more I hear from this part of the Democratic Party, uh, the less impressed I really am. These people are dogmatic. These people are uh incredibly racist and anti-Semitic. And I just I I don't I don't see how they I don't see it well. I don't see how people who are not part of their group. I don't see how they can look at them, and if they're not condemning them and decrying what they stand for, um, I don't see how they can reconcile in any way their claims of wanting a more just and equitable society when they operate, when they're motivated by such prejudices. I just, I've been so, quite frankly, disgusted in a number of instances when I listen to some of these Democratic socialists. They're just, I I just, I, I don't really have any use for them. Um, you know, Kendra Lara on the Boston City Council, uh, the District 6 seat, And that represents, you know, the Boston neighborhoods of West Roxbury and Jamaica Plain, a little bit of Rosendale. You have a little bit of Mission Hill, the back, uh, we call it the back of the hill. And, And she's just, she's been dreadful. And if you listen to her, whether you actually attend a Boston City Council meeting or you you know watch it later on on YouTube because they they post the meetings you can catch them on YouTube she has this lens through which she looks at everything and she never puts it down and her statements on Jewish people and her assumptions about white people and their role in society versus the role of black and brown people. It's just, these these people are not public servants. They should be, they they want to be activists, go, go be activists. Just don't run for office and be an activist, right? Um, but I talk about them because, again, Joel Richards is uh, a Democrat, a democratic socialist, and he ran for the district four seat on the Boston City Council, and that is, you know, you have a certain part of Dorchester, uh, Matt, you have Mattapan, parts of Dorchester, um, parts of Mattapan. There's a part of Rosendale. Um, it's 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 a great it's a great district. I. I you know, I lived there for a bit as an adult for a few years, two, three years. Uh, my family comes from that area, the Meiselman family when uh, that part of Dorchester was was very different. Uh different community. Uh it was beautiful then. I mean it's still beautiful, of course. Um, but it was just, you know, different when my family lived there. Um, but it's always been a, a place uh that is just it's just it's wonderful, it really is. It's just a lot of culture and uh, a lot of uh, great stories of people coming over here and settling in, and generation after generation. Just it's it's special. Um, but Joel Richards, he ran. I again, I bring up District Four because he ran for a seat in District 4. More recently, just in this past uh, election uh, cycle, he ran for the District 3 seat. I certainly hope he doesn't run for any other seats enough already. I mean, you know, it's just sit down, whatever you're doing, just, you know, you teach, be a teacher. You want to be an activist too, be an activist too, but we don't need someone like Joel Richards uh, in office. And You know, I I feel very strongly about that because he had, as one of his volunteers, Calla Walsh. So again, Calla Walsh, uh, she's 19 years old. and, And I bring her up because years ago, like in 2020, she was really starting to make a name for herself. And I was concerned about her because I knew that in addition to working on different campaigns, she also, there were certain causes, if you will, that were dear to her. And so one of them was, you know, lift sanctions on Cuba, you know, lift the American sanctions. But also she's very very a very vocal critic is that doesn't that doesn't even begin to really kind of describe what she is uh she's an anti-semite she's an anti-semite she's extremely not just anti-israel um she's just anti-jew right and so i was concerned about her acceptance in different democratic circles because i said to myself I know that if I had her beliefs, if I entertain thoughts as hateful as hers, I know there would be people on the other side of the aisle who would say something. I mean, there would be even Republicans that would say something. The point is, is I wouldn't get any kind of, no one would cut me any slack. No one would look the other way. But for for several years, this this girl was able to, as I said, she volunteered on Elizabeth Warren's campaign, Ed Markey's campaign. She volunteered for Joel Richards when he ran for the District 4 seat on the Boston City Council. She also ran, I'm sorry, ran. uh, She also helped out with a a gentleman named Jordan Meehan, who ran uh, to be the state rep over in Brighton. He ran against uh, state rep Kevin Honan, whom I love, whom I think does a really good job. Um, and so when I saw that Jordan was running against him, I was like, yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> and when I saw that Calla was helping him, I was like, yeah, I really don't like this. Calla uh, also uh, worked for a time uh, in Julia Mejia's office. And Julia, of course, uh, for people who are more familiar, again, with Boston politics. Julia Mejia is one of the Boston city councillors at large. And I was upset with Julia. I will be honest. I was very upset with Julia at the time. It's like, Julia, what are you doing? Like, do you know who's on your staff? Like, do you know what? The- you have to know what this girl's about. So more recently, um, Joel, well, it just happened that uh, Calla Walsh, along with two others, they were they were just arrested in New Hampshire. They were uh, accused of setting off smoke bombs, vandalizing, and they tried to burglarize a defense contractor's facility in Merrimack, uh, New Hampshire. And this this uh, defense contractor's facility uh, supplies, uh, you know. Weaponry um, pieces uh, to Israel, and and so it's Elbit, and it's just honestly, it's I mean, it's 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 alarming. This is alarming. This isn't just some naive young activist. Although Calla Walsh is only 19 years old, she is, well, first of all, she's she's still an adult. And I say only 19 only to stress that it seems like she's packed a lot into her years. Because if you listen to all the different things that she's done, there are people who are double and triple her age who haven't been as politically active Uh as she has already at the age of 19. But let's be clear, 18, 19, you are an adult. And by the age of 18, she already had uh, an extensive resume. She has um, headed up uh, organizations that have a national reach. Uh, She's currently with uh, an organization that uh, works on behalf of the Palestinian people, uh, that it really translates to being anti-israel it's, it's not it's not pro-palestinians it's not you know pro-palestinians it's 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 anti-israelis anti-israel that's what it is uh and 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 i also want to remind people again who uh keep up with uh, the local political scene and, and what goes on in massachusetts as a whole in the commonwealth that Kala was also a very big cheerleader of the mapping project, which actually caught the eye of, of, some, of, of some people in, in the Israeli government. I mean, it, it caught national attention, but it caught international attention, including, again, in Israel. It was, it was something that was—the mapping project was, was a plan— that targeted Jewish organizations, you know, schools, maybe nonprofits. It also it was it was it was actually uh, it was wicked. it was it was evil. It, it also targeted allies of the Jewish community. And the idea was to at the least chip away, the Jewish community, the infrastructure, the to, to chip away at the relationships that the Jewish community had made with others to weaken those relationships and to weaken the resources that Jews themselves have. And so, you know, I'm seeing people in the light of Kala's arrest. They're trying to make excuses now let's be clear. I, I did indeed say that given her, she has horrible views. I think she's a horrible person. I really do. And I have to choose my next words carefully because I, I almost said but. There is no but here, right? So what I'm going to say, she's a horrible person with a, great education, and she's a very smart person. And so what I said on X, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, that it was very much a shame that someone with those gifts with those advantages and obvious gifts, because you listen to her, she's not stupid. She's very articulate, but she just has horrible views and not, oh, well, she just, again, let me rephrase that. She has horrible views, however. She, she is a rabid anti-Semite. And she's also quite anti-American. It's sad when you see people who have good qualities, who have gifts, and they use them to hurt other people. Or they use them with the goal of hurting other people. And so that's why I said at some level, I find this very sad. Because it is. But she's 19. She knows what she's doing. She's unrepentant. And I don't see her changing anytime soon. Now, is it possible that maybe in 10 years she could, you know, have an about face? She could be a different person? Sure. can could maybe happen in four or five. But I don't see it. I don't think she's a nice person. Nice people don't do things like this. This isn't just about being misguided this is something that people who aren't very nice they do i mean the mapping project as i said it was it was wicked it was sinister it was alarming it was disturbing and there were even people on the political left who leaned pretty left who were kind of aghast they they were kind of Taken aback. They, you know, there were jaws that were dropped because and rightly so, because it was a step too far. So the Boston BDS chapter, they played a big role and, and Calla certainly was very supportive of 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 or is supportive of what they do, and she was supportive of this mapping project. Even BDS on national level, they took a step back because it was like, okay, this is this is just too much, right? So, I don't think that Kalawal should be given a break because she's nineteen; she's an adult; she knows what she's doing. But I want to get back to this idea about my gift, or <laughs> or or this. The, this thing that I can do, right? And that is size people up and see them for who they are and what they are. I would love to be wrong. Whenever you see someone that's hateful, you want to believe that in four years, five years, ten years, they'll have an epiphany or a series of epiphanies and, you know, they'll be, a, you know, a changed person, a different person. I don't foresee that happening to Cala Walsh, at least not anytime soon. And as I said, you know, in 2020, I said, look, this girl, I mean, she's concerning. Her activities, her ideas, her ideology. I mean, she's appeared on Chinese television. Of course, denouncing decrying America <laughs> uh you know America American imperialism uh, it's <laughs> this is someone who is very well connected. this is someone who comes from a place of privilege again, you know someone who's very bright, extremely well educated, but this is what she has chosen to do with the opportunities that she's been given and the gifts that she has. And I think that people should take her activity very, very seriously. So I was, I was reading some of the comments people were talking about. Well, th- this is sad. Again, I, I'm going to agree with that. People were talking about how it was alarming Then they put forth a but, a however. And I just don't really think it's appropriate here. I really, really, truly don't. Well, she was victimized by, someone wrote something, you know, she was victimized by these two white men. I I don't know to whom they were referring. I don't know what this victimization entailed, like what, what it was all about, when it occurred, but Kala has long been a rabid anti-Semite. This is not new. But her vandalization, you know, setting off these, uh, these smoke bombs in New Hampshire at this defense contractor facility, this is an escalation. This is, this is her bigotry in action it's it's a concrete it's it's giving her bigotry legs it's 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 giving it shape it's giving it form these are not just thoughts they're not just words and sometimes words of course depending on who's saying them and and where it's being said you know you know you know not only in terms of venue but maybe even like as an extension time, that can be serious enough in itself. But we're talking about someone who's prepared to act on a miserable, scary, disturbing ideology. And so I think that she should be taken very seriously. I uh, don't think that people should be making excuses for her. And and I think we need to talk about this. I think we need to talk about the hypocrisy, too, that is already bubbling up around this incident. Because if Kala were on the political right, no one... Or a lot fewer people would be trying to excuse her. They would not be talking about how she had fallen in with the wrong crowd. Look, I appreciate that 19 isn't, you know, 49, 69. You know, you're not talking about someone who's elderly, who's looking back on his or her life, uh, who has... A catalogue of lessons to dispense to who to, to whomever wants to hear to whoever wants to hear it. But again, she's an adult. 18, 19, you're an adult. Okay, so she was already doing things at eighteen, even before 18, she was doing things that really made one stop and say, Okay, this is not a good trajectory that she is on. This 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 individual needs to be watched right um when she turned 18 she just she just it, it's just been a, just a, just an ongoing it's just been this escalation and if you listen to Calla she's very self-possessed she's very poised again she knows what she's doing and so I think that the hypocrisy, the double standards—they just—they're just so out of place here. You know, she's a left-wing Democrat, Democrat socialist. I mean, she's—I mean, look, she she has friends that you know they call each other comrades. I mean, she calls people comrades. I don't know, Democratic socialists, communists, You know, it, she. If she were on the political right, people would be screaming for her head. The same people who were talking about how she fell in with the wrong crowd, they they would be calling for her head. And all these people that I, I, you know, ran through their names, enumerated, you know, campaigns that she's worked on, Elizabeth Warren, Ed Markey, Although right now she's not very happy with Ed Markey. Uh, But, you know, she's worked on Elizabeth Warren's campaign. Uh, She's helped out with Joel Richards, uh, Jordan Meehan. Where are these people? Like, why are—Julia Mejia, she worked for Julia Mejia. Why aren't these people saying something? And I've already told people, like, I have a soft spot for Julia, People, Some people don't know this, but Julie and I go back at least, we go back about a decade, okay? I very much disagree with the direction she's gone off in, in a number of different respects. There are uh, a number of positions that we disagree upon vehemently but there're things that i respect and admire about her and she's a fighter she's a hustler and she's smarter than people give her credit for she's smarter than people give her credit for uh, and i have a soft spot for her but she knows i will call her out <laughs> it's like julia like you didn't know like it, it i mean come on so it it's it's Kala should not be able to be reintegrated into the the political scene in, in either Boston or Massachusetts as a whole. She should be pers- uh, persona non grata, and honestly, she needs she needs to face the music for what she's done. Really, it's it's just there can be no excuses. She knows what she's doing. She's an adult. This is an escalation of, of activities. That have, it's just, it's not, I mean, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? It's, 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 she's engaging in scary activity. She's engaging in activity that some would even liken to, to domestic terrorism. It's, it's, this, this is crossing a line. This is crossing a few lines. I next want to talk about, I want to kind of pivot ever so slightly. I want to talk about the anti-vaxxers. And I want to draw a contrast between Calla Walsh and the anti-vaxxers. And this is, you know, this is maybe the theme of tonight's show. This is the theme of tonight's show, actually, right? Me being able to kind of size people up. So I'm going to do that in just a bit. We're going to first go to a quick break. And then when we come back, I'm going to talk about the anti-vaxxers. But I am, in, 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 in talking about them and really kind of characterizing what I think of them, I'm going to draw similarities and differences with Kala Walsh. But first, that break. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify, and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP, or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You've been listening to me on Boston's community radio station, uh, WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston. So, sometimes to define people or things, what you do is compare and contrast them with someone or something else. So that's what I'm going to, as I said before I went to break, that's, that's what I would like to do here. Let me say something about Calla Walsh. Let me say another something about Calla Walsh. Calla Walsh believes what she says. Calla Walsh is consistent in what she says. There is no vacillation. There's no zigzagging. You know, you don't encounter the mental gymnastics. Calla Walsh believes this, she believes this, she believes this, and that's it. And then she engages in activity to bring about the goals that she thinks that if achieved, if reached, will help resolve the issue. That will untie the knot that she thinks exists. Let's talk about the anti-vaxxers now. We have, and I think this is more on the political right. So earlier in t- in tonight's show, I, I talked about being able to hold up that mirror. No. I can do that. I am a proud member of the political right, but that doesn't mean that I think that we always say and do the right thing collectively. That does not mean that the political right collectively or, you know, individually members of the political right that we can't learn from others. Of course not. And so... I'm not afraid, I don't have a problem with criticizing someone in my ideological camp. Now, I know that there's some people, and they think that if they adopt the same position that I do on a particular issue, that we're going to become allies. That's not how it works with me. If someone is pandering to me, I can see it. I can smell it from, like, 100 miles off. So it's not going to work. And even if someone sincerely believes in a particular, you know, on a, on a particular issue, if someone sincerely believes in a particular position, that in itself is not enough for me to become allies with that individual or, the, or those people either. So, you know, there, you know, there's been a politician or two, really one in particular, and I think the individual's fake, and I've been pretty upfront about that. Uh, you know, if I think something about a person, good, bad, or anything in between, I, I certainly let. The person concerned, no. I mean, they're really, you know, I take the guessing out. (laughs) What I think of you, it's pretty straight up, like I let you know. And I've certainly been up straight, uh, up front and and straight up, rather, with uh, my ideas about the anti-vaxxers. Am I gung-ho about the vaccine? No, I'm not. Was I ever gung-ho about... You know, the idea of the vaccine, no, I have not been. I shared a very personal story, but only because I thought that it was relevant. I myself had a blood clot. And after a number of different tests, the only thing that could not be definitively ruled out was the vaccine. So that coupled with the discovery that I have an underlying, I have a, a, I have a blood condition. Um, I started to say, well, yeah, I have a blood condition and I have one of the genes for, um, this particular condition. Fortunately, it's not both genes, but I have one of the genes. And so I'm at a higher risk of getting blood clots than other people, some other people. So I don't know if it was a combination of factors or maybe it was just a vaccine on its own, or maybe maybe it was uh, the the blood condition, and it's genetic. I, I, the vaccine is not something that I feel comfortable taking because I've had to deal with um, medical consequences. So, and and I, you know, I explain that to people and people, people understand. And there have always been um, different paths to protect yourself from COVID and others as well. And so... You know that's something that I'll always do. I'm respectful of other people's comfort zones. Um, I'm not ignorant. I I, I follow respectable uh, medical professionals, and 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 I, I you know and I and I want people around me to be healthy, and I want myself to be healthy. So, you know, I I, I take as many precautions as I possibly can. So I say all that because I want people to understand that I understand the trepidation, the reservation, the hesitancy, the reluctance on the part of, of people, you know, in general, who, whether it's vaccines in general, or more, or more particularly this vaccine, you know, the, the COVID vaccine, they, they you know, didn't want to take it. If You know, maybe they had questions. I, I understand that. I respect that. And I myself shared some of those concerns and those questions. Right? But some of these anti-vaxxers are people that, yes, they were against the COVID vaccine. But these people, what their activity, what their act, the, the activity that they engaged in under, or because of the idea that they were against the vaccine, it, it was, I just, I didn't find it sincere. I found it. It was self-aggrandizing. It was, it was acts of self-promotion. It was to name uh, to to gain name recognition. That's what I found with a lot of anti-vaxxers local, right, right around here in Boston. They were showing up protesting at the State House, at City Hall, interrupting conferences, disrupting political events of all kinds under the guise of wanting to spread the word about people's fears or or or, or the very real doubts that people should at least entertain about the vaccine. I didn't really buy that. When I think about Calla Walsh, Calla Walsh, as I said, she believes what she says and does. And when she does something under the guise, it's it's not it's actually not under the guise. When she does something, um, you know, she she'll maybe do, you know, protest. Okay. Let's just one of the more benign things that she's done, um, because what she did in New Hampshire is not uh, just a protest. That's not what that is. I really think that she's crossed a line and she's engaged in domestic terrorism, and I think I think that her activity is 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 greatly alarming and disturbing. I really do. But let's say some of her uh, her her past protests. She believes in what she is doing. She is not. It's not. This isn't about. It's not about Kala running for office in two or three years. This isn't about Kala trying to get a job at the city. This isn't about Kala trying to create uh, an income, you know, uh, an income stream. This is what she believes. A lot of the anti-vaxxers right around here, they struck me as just trying to get their name out there. No, they did not like the idea of the vaccine. Yes, they had questions, but they were going to take their distrust of the vaccine, of those promoting the vaccine and dispensing the vaccine, and they were going to, under the guise of wanting to speak up, and bring truth to the masses, they were going to tap into other people's doubts. But it was less about trying to ask questions that needed to be asked or to stand up to unfair practices of the government, about standing up to government overreach. Catherine Vitale, Sean Nelson, Padma Scott, it was all about getting their names out there. And then, gee, what a surprise. They all run for the Boston City Council. And I am pretty confident— that at least Catherine thought that was going to be enough. All she needed to do is get that name recognition, and she was just going to walk right on to the council. I know Catherine is against vaccines in general. That is something that she believes. I know that she was very much anti-mask. But the activity that she undertook that was designed to take a stand against government overreach in this respect, it wasn't done with authenticity. I'm stumbling over my words. It, it wasn't genuine. <laughs> Stick with saying that. Uh, it wasn't genuine. It wasn't, it didn't feel real. It felt staged. It felt contrived. Again, Catherine is very much, Catherine, Sean, Padman, I have no doubt that they're very much anti-vaccine. But in all their protests and all their appearances, unwelcome appearances at different events, did they really do that with the idea of taking it to the man, to affecting change, to reversing the tide? No, they wanted to get their names out there. They wanted people to know who they were. They wanted to know they wanted people to give them a job. They wanted people to defer to them. They wanted to generate you know a revenue stream. I go back to Calla Walsh. Calla Walsh wants to disrupt. Um, businesses that do business with Israel. She wants to... When she says she wants to free the Palestinians, she wants to weaken Israel. So whatever she thinks that she can do, whatever activity that she thinks that she can do to achieve that goal, that's what she's going to do. She wants to lift America. She wants to see the American sanctions on Cuba lifted. So she's going to engage in activity that brings about that goal. Kala is not trying to get a job with a politician like Catherine Vitali. She's not trying to get a job, uh, a municipal government like Catherine Vitale. She's not looking to make money. Now, someone might argue, well, she comes from a background of privilege. Yes, but she does believe in what she's doing, Calla Walsh. And that's why I think that, you know, when you think about the anti-vaxxers, Some of them are disturbing in that they're willing to dive down a rabbit hole, however grimy and gross and repugnant it may be, to get to where they want to go. It's just, it's very self-serving. Walsh, this isn't about diving down a rabbit hole. This is about achieving her goals, which she believes need to be achieved in order to address the problem, an issue. And so, you know, whether it's on the left, Kala on the right, I've had no problem just calling these people out. And it's just... It's kind of annoying, frustrating, irksome, maybe even infuriating in some instances where people don't they don't want to hear what I say all along. And then however many months or year or even years later, they're like, Well, you know what? You had a point about Calla Walsh or you had a point about the anti-vaxxers. Look, as I said, I don't always have all the answers, but it's I I'm not so bad at reading people. And so at the at, at the least, it it's worth a listen, right? It's something to entertain. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if I'm right. On that note, um, thank you so much for listening as always. And I look forward to hanging out with you next week. We're gonna continue to talk about some of these ideas, like, you know, anti-Semitism. Uh, about the state of the political scene and a few others. But that's all I have time for tonight. And as I said, I look forward to hanging out with you next week. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119 attention WBCALP 102.9 FM if you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org